Welcome to The Coin Club, a podcast brought to you by the Seven House Coins Currency Bullion, where we discuss everything related to numismatics. I'm glad to have you along with me for my journey and excited to share with you the very best of numismatics. Hello, everyone, and a big warm welcome back to the Coin Club podcast. I hope life's been treating each and every one of you well. I have some very exciting news for you. The coin action is about to start ramping up here very soon. Yes, many of you already know, but if you're a new collector, the scene is about to get hot. It happens every year starting around this time. Shows are going to get a little bit more crowded. Online sales are going to ramp up, and the collecting world is going to be out in full force. This is the time of year to buy and sell. It just is. People have a laundry list of reasons why it does, and they're probably all a little right. Vacations are ending, for the most part, and the kiddos are going back to school, so mom and dad have a little bit more time to spend on their hobby, as they were enjoying some well-deserved family time over the summer months. I'm sure all you parents out there are going to disagree with me there, School time probably means busy time for you. But anyways, the holidays are coming up and people are looking for that perfect gift for their loved one. And in general, this is just our season. Dealers bring more stock to the shows because they know they're going to be busier. And with the increased traffic comes the thought of getting a good deal or finding that elusive coin that we've all been hunting for. Everyone likes to make money or find that perfect coin for their collection. But if you're truly in the hobby for enjoyment, This is the time of the year that you're building those relationships. I've gone to a couple shows where I've walked away with nothing physical, but have had the great opportunity to make new friends and totally enjoy the hunt for additions to my collection. I hope that you take full advantage of the months coming up within our community and get out there and live it up. It's what life is all about, after all, right? I also hope you make the podcast part of the enjoyment as well. I truly want to thank all of you for your support of the show, and I'm amazed at the growth over the past year. Continue to share the show with your friends and give me feedback for upcoming shows, as you are truly what makes it great. On this episode of the podcast, you'll get a healthy dose of the news, the World Coin Spotlight, some more roll hunting tips and reminders, and we're going to end it off with a tribute to the woman who served England for over 70 years, Queen Elizabeth II and her amazing journey. Of course, it's going to be coin-related, friends. Of course. Thanks for coming along with me on this episode of the podcast. Now let's get on with the show. Speaking of shows and the end of the year increase in activity, the Long Beach Expo will be held September 29th through October 1st this year at the Long Beach Expo Center in, guess it, Long Beach, California. It is a show bringing our community a wealth of opportunities for fun and interaction with coins, currency, stamps, and collectibles. 
it has been running since 1964. And if you show up and you're bored, it's your own fault. They have over 400 dealers selling everything under the sun to add to your collection. Heritage Auctions is on site with a multi-million dollar signature collection. They have an educational speaker series. They have experts on coin and banknotes from PCGS on hand at the event to speak with. Sports collection experts, a kid's treasure hunt, and so much more. If you're in the area and looking for something to do, get on their website, www.longbeachexpo.com, and plan a trip. For all you modern collectors out there, Heritage Auctions has an upcoming Modern Collectibles U.S. Coin and Bullion Showcase auction coming up on October 10th. I know we have coin collectors out there, and I also know we have some bullion junkies out there as well. So check this one out and spend some of that moldy money you've been saving for and add to that collection. This news is a little dated, but still serves as a great reminder for show attendees and dealers. At the ANA World's Fair of Money show during setup on August 15th, a dealer had a display case full of Rolex watches and coins that was stolen. It's just not that these large shows that you have to be on the lookout for all these shady interactions, but all shows. My club had their show, and one of the dealers there thwarted an attempt from a less than desirable person to sham him and his wife. It's out there every day. People looking to pull one over on you or steal something, and they're targeting these shows in an attempt to use the chaos of the crowds to do so. Be very aware of what's going on, and like everything else in the world, if you see something, say something. Even if you're just there browsing, it is your responsibility to notify a dealer if you see something shady going on, or note it to the security at the event. We all play a part in the security at a show, and in this hobby, we need to be on the watch for one another. It's what we do. It's what we should do. See something, say something. All right, you usually only hear about the top two grading companies in the news section of the website, but this time, Annex is deserving of a mention. They are another of the reputable grading companies out there, and one that people who may not have the means to pay for the top two use. Or you could be thrifty. Whatever your reason, let it be known that Annex is on a tear starting here in September and bringing their skills to a show near you. Starting in the beginning of September through October, Annex will be on site at 23 shows throughout the month, celebrating 50 years of service to the numismatic community. They will have experts and graders on site, offering you an interactive experience. They do not grade coins at these shows, however, you must still submit your coins for grading. Check out their website, www.annex.com, for more information and see what they have to offer. The United States Mint is going to be pretty quiet the month of September in regards to new releases becoming available. September 26th, we'll see the release of the United States Coast Guard 1-ounce silver medal, and on September 29th, the release of the 2022 American Eagle 1-ounce Palladium Reverse Proof Coin. I think they still have an open enrollment going on for the 2023 release of the Morgan and Peace Dollars, and if you subscribe to their email list, you would know that they have a limited sale going on currently. You can get the 2021 proof set, silver proof set, or uncirculated set at 40% off. The discount code came out through an email from the Mint, so if you know, you know. If you don't, get on their website and sign up. You'll get emails throughout the year informing you of what's going on and what it looks like. In the future, we're going to see more of this, I'm pretty sure. Offers to the community for deals. Lastly, 
The price of gold and silver seems to be on the move again. Not sure if it's going to be heading in the upward direction, but it was depressingly low there for a while, and I think silver may have even dropped into the high $17 mark there. Great if you're buying, I guess bad if you're a collector. Either way, it's moving in the right direction now. If it will only stay that way, that would be great. I don't like to put the up-to-date pricing on the podcast because we don't see each other enough. And, well, when you hit the record button, that's it. There's a lot of great apps for your phone and websites that will give you the up-to-date pricing on gold and silver. And it's something that should be on your radar as a collector. feature a coin from a South American country, one that all of you geography nerds should be able to take a guess at when I give you the following clues. It is a country who has borders with five other countries, but does not have any ocean gracing it. It is totally landlocked. It is the home to part of the Andes Mountains, the Atacama Desert, and some of the Amazon rainforest as well. Although this country does not have any borders with an ocean, it does have the continent's largest lake, Lake Titicaca. Have you guessed who it is yet? If you said Bolivia, you would be correct. Bolivia has a population of around 11.67 million people, and their currency is the Bolivian Boliviano. The currency is divided into 100 cents. Like a lot of other countries, Bolivia has used many currencies in their past. From the 16th to 19th centuries, they used the Spanish colonial real. The Bolivian soul saw circulation from 1827 to 1864, and the first Boliviana was in effect from 1864 to 1963. The peso Boliviano was in circulation from 1963 to 1986, and the second, current Boliviana, was introduced in 1987. Currently, at the time of the podcast, one U.S. dollar is equivalent to 6.91 Bolivianos. Most of Bolivia's current circulating coins are made from copper-plated steel, nickel-plated steel, stainless steel, and bimetallic coins. Bolivia does not have the capability to mint its own coins, so they farm out the production to other countries abroad, such as Chile, France, and the United Kingdom. They were at one point able to make their own coinage and be a powerhouse in the colonial era with their minting facility, Casa de la Moneda, Potosi. Like anything else, the country saw savings in having their coins minted somewhere else and shut the doors on this facility. The coin we're going to feature today is the intermittent period between the first Boliviano and the second, when the peso Boliviano was circulating. It is their 1970 five centavos coin. It's really an eye-catching coin for something in circulation. It depicts some of the features of the country that we discussed above. On the obverse of the coin, you'll see the emblem of Bolivia, which is the sun and two mountains in Potosi. It has a chapel, a palm tree, and a llama as well. It also has ten stars toward the bottom of the coin, and I'm told that this represents the ten departments that existed before the country's war with Chile. Republica de Bolivia is present along the top edge of the coin. The reverse is relatively plain and common with cinco centavos at the top, a large five in the center, and the date at the bottom surrounded by branches. 
The coin was minted from 1965 to 1970 and is made on a planchet of copper-clad steel. It weighs in at 1.8 grams and is 16.1 millimeters round. It is demonetized, however, it is not that far out of circulation that you couldn't find a very nice example to add to your collection at a reasonable price. Numista lists an ex uncirculated example in around $1.50 US. Now, obviously, that price can fluctuate depending on the grade, but it seems to be a very affordable and nice addition to your collection. Susan B. Anthony dollars. Go to a bank teller and ask them if they have any dollar coins. They'll probably jump for joy that you want to take them off their hands. I wouldn't particularly ask for Susie B's, just ask for dollar coins in general. We are, however, going to focus on what to look for if you get any of them while you're at the bank or out and about. Many people do not like them enough to care if they give them away for face value, but there is some gold to be on the lookout for here. The very first thing to look out for is any of the usual items that we've been on the hunt for when looking for error coins and varieties. Anything off-center, struck through grease, die cracks, these can be good money when selling them on eBay or wherever you like to sell because the errors just aren't that many. Far and few between, being sold that is, they are out there to find for sure. Even if you're not selling them, how many times have you seen an error coin collection with a Susan B. Anthony in it? Probably not many. As far as varieties go, you want to be on the lookout for a number of them. The first one I would draw your attention to is the 1979P Wide Rim Coin. In the year 1979, there were two varieties produced on the circulation coin, the Narrow Rim and the Wide Rim. Wide Rim is the one that can fetch a couple bucks if you're lucky. Get yourself some good photos to compare the two when you're looking for them, and you'll never mistake a Wide Rim for a Narrow Rim. It's very easy to spot once you see it for the first time. The rest of the varieties are not found in circulation as they are proof coins, but I'll list them here for all you set gawkers out there. The 1979S Type 2 Proof Coin. The telltale sign of this variety is the very clear S mint mark compared to the Type 1. The 1980S Proof Repunched Mint Mark is out there to find, and the 1981S Proof Type 2 features another clear mint mark to be on the lookout for with bulbous serifs. When you're talking about money in the realm of the Susan B. Anthony dollars out there, multiple struck coins, blank planchets, off-center strikes, broad strikes, and wrong planchets bring the money. By wrong planchets, check this out. One Susan B. Anthony dollar was struck on a dime planchet, and one was struck on a Sacagawea dollar, both selling at auction for thousands of dollars. There are pretty cool things to be on the lookout for when dealing with Susan B. Anthony coins, and I'm telling you, they're easy to get your hands on, you just have to ask. Happy hunting, friends. Queen Elizabeth 
Elizabeth II is going to round out episode 26 of the Coin Club podcast. Whether you loved her or hated her, she graced coinage for many, many years. Born on April 21st, 1926, she lived to the ripe old age of 96, which many of us could only dream of attaining. Think about all the events and changes that her eyes saw throughout her lifetime and how many of those she played a major role in. In her early days of being the queen, she was the queen regent for 32 sovereign states, and that dwindled down over the years to 15 at her passing. Many countries were granted independence during her reign. If you want a synopsis of how it all unfolded for up to the Queen Elizabeth's step to the throne, there are plenty of shows and movies out there to watch. A couple that I would recommend are The King's Speech, which isn't directly related to Queen Elizabeth, but still a great movie nonetheless, and it shows you the years leading up to her crowning. And also you want to watch The Crown, which is a series on Netflix. These are the two of my favorites. However, there are many, many documentaries that take a look into her life through the many decades here on Earth. If you take a look back in our community and how the effect that she had on coins surrounded us, you'll see there is a very interesting storied past that I would like to share with you today. If you've seen the queen on a coin, there is a 99% chance that it was struck by the Royal Mint. The Royal Mint has been striking coins with the British monarch on them for over 1,100 years, and Queen Elizabeth's second portrait has graced them since 1952. Although Queen Elizabeth II officially had her coronation in 1953, work actually began in 1952 after her father, King George VI, passed away. The process of a coin for a monarch starts with the official portrait. Grab a coin with King George VI on it and take a look at it, very closely. The king's portrait was facing the left, and as is customary with every change in monarchy, the next predecessor will face the opposite direction. Queen Elizabeth was photographed by a woman named Dorothy Wilding from the International Society of Photographers, and her portrait was facing right. After the official photograph was taken, the hunt was on to create designs for the royal effigy. In total, 17 people competed, and the winner was Mary Gillick. Mary's effigy was unlike any of the previous monarchs depicted on coins. Queen Elizabeth was wearing a laurel crown and she was shown uncooped, which simply means the image shows the shoulders rather than being cropped at the neck. Mary wanted to capture the optimism of the country post-World War II with a simple and a new prosperous era. All of this work took place and was completed between the date of the king's passing and the autumn of 1952. The first coins that were ever struck with the likeness of the Queen Elizabeth II was on three different proof sets to commemorate her coronation. If you have one of these in your collection, it would include a five-pound coin, a two-pound coin, and a sovereign, as well as a half-sovereign. Now, the likelihood of you having one of these sets in your collection is absolutely nil. And when I say nil, I really mean it. It wasn't three proof sets offered to the masses. It was only three proof sets. The recipients of these sets included the British Museum, the Royal Collection, and the Royal Mint Museum. The Royal Mint Museum was fortunate enough to retain this in their collection today and also has the pattern pieces and original dies used to strike the coins. The design by Mary Gillick was used in the nation's coinage until 1968 when a new portrait was made by Arnold Matchen R.A. Mary passed away in 1965, but her legend lived on through the hands of collectors until this day. 
The immense excitement around the crowning of Queen Elizabeth at the age of 27 was seen like no other monarch in memory. As many as 3 million people crowded onto the streets of London to watch the Queen being carried to her coronation for the first time in history, the world would also watch on TV. At that time, the population of the United Kingdom was around 50 million people. And of those, 27 million people had their eyes glued to the TV with another 11 million listening on the radio. Only the sixth queen to be crowned at Westminster Abbey. All of these people were waiting on the new coinage to start circulating with the likeness of their new queen. The second portrait of the queen on coins was introduced in the year 1971. The portrait, as we said before, by Matchin shows the queen with a tiara. The third image on coinage was designed in 1985 by Raphael McLeod. This portrait has added some particular points of interest to Her Majesty. It includes a necklace and earrings and shows her with the royal diadem, which she wears on the way to and from the state opening of Parliament. By the time the fourth portrait of the Queen on coins rolled out, there were some very interesting changes, most notably that the Queen was getting older, and her image should depict that on the coins. It was released in 1998 and designed by Ian Rank Broadley. The fourth portrait of the Queen on coins incorporated a little of the old and a little of the new. It was designed by Royal Mint engraver Jody Clark in 2015. From past portraits, it garnered the Royal Mint diamond diadem on the crown. The last and final portrait of the Queen was designed by Jody Clark. The Queen holds a Guinness Book of World Records title as well. Bet you didn't know that. She has appeared on more currencies than any other monarch in the world. At least 33 different currencies. Currently, you would see the Queen's likeness on the coins gracing her 15 Commonwealth realms, which include Antigua and Barbuda, Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Canada, Grenada, Jamaica, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Solomon Islands, Tuvala, and, of course, the United Kingdom. Now, you're probably wondering what the most valuable coins are with the likeness of Queen Elizabeth. I know I am. Minus the mint errors, that sparks a different interest and monetary threshold for us collectors. A valuable coin would be the 2009 Q Gardens 50p coin, which is currently valued at around 170 pounds. This coin was released to celebrate the 250th anniversary of the Kew Gardens, and only 210,000 of these coins were minted. They consider that low mintage. Had to laugh a little at this, considering some of the much lower mintage stunts that the U.S. Mint has pulled in the recent past. Another rare and valuable coin is the Mule Gold Proof Double Sovereign 2-Pound Coin, struck with the wrong obverse. It is a 22-karat gold and dated 1994. This coin celebrated 300 years of the Bank of England. It currently has a value of 5,000 pounds, but is speculated to increase over the coming years to 10,000 pounds. The last notably valuable coin with the Queen's likeness on it is the commemorative Edinburgh one-pound coin dated 2011. It has a mintage of less than one million coins and is already at 30 times over its original value. I couldn't even begin to sit down and calculate what the speculative total mintage would be of coins with the Queen's likeness on them. However, I'm sure it far outpaces that of any modern coin in our history. Now, could we include the Queen in our community of coin collectors? 
You sure could, as there's a royal collection of coins as the head of the royal family. She would have been the keeper of these coins. Now, how much she actually got to enjoy this collection, if at all, is unknown. Either way, you cannot think of Queen Elizabeth without thinking of coins. And I hope you got to enjoy a little history with it as well. Now, if you're wondering when you'll be able to get your hands on a coin featuring the likeness of King Charles III, well, the Royal Mint says that it's not intending on minting coins with his likeness until 2023. We'll have to have an episode in the future dedicated to the first coinage coming out with his likeness on them. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Coin Club Podcast. I was really glad to have you along with me. Remember to share the podcast with your friends, visit, and follow me on social media. You can find all those links at www.7houseccb.com. Feel free to email me your questions or comments. And as always, I hope to have you along with me on the next episode of the Coin Club Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Coin Club Podcast. I had a great time with you and look forward to sharing with you on the next episode. Please follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook at the Seven House Coins Currency Bullion and also on Instagram at the Coin Club Podcast. You can also go to my website, www.7houseccb.com and give me some feedback on this episode or some suggestions on what you would like to see on future episodes. As always, I'm grateful to all of you for your support and look forward to seeing you the next time on the Coin Club Podcast. <music>